morning. Welcome to another episode of Living as Sojourners in the Time of Coronavirus. Uh, welcome, glad to have you with us today. Uh, we are in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting at verse 22. And uh, let me open us up in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Fridays. Thank you that we've gotten to the end of another long week. Uh, we've survived another week of uh, quarantine and, and isolation for a lot of us, but uh, you are still sovereign on your throne, and we are still with you, and you're still with us, even more importantly. Lord, as we look at your word this morning, we pray that you'd open our eyes and ears to hear and see what you have to say to us today, that our hearts would be turned to you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. Well, we've gotten down to the end of chapter 2. And we're in the middle of a discussion within a discussion, a dialogue within this letter. Um, but this is kind of the pivotal point within this passage on suffering and on submission. And so as we look at this, uh, we're going to keep that in mind. Uh, a couple days ago, we talked about submitting to government authorities. Yesterday we talked about submitting to our employers. Today we're going to talk about Jesus' submission, uh, Jesus' dealing with suffering, his example to us. It tells us, starting in verse 22, that he never sinned, nor did he deceive anyone, which I think is an interesting thing because we would, most of us would consider lying sin, right? But how many people say, oh, it was just a little white lie. It didn't hurt anybody. Well, Jesus didn't even practice little white lies. He didn't deceive anybody. He was completely honest and he was completely truthful. He always told what was and he always was honest about who he was and how he lived his life. It tells us that not only did he never sin, but he didn't retaliate against anyone who insulted him. He didn't even threaten revenge. He left his case in God's hands. He trusted that God would be his advocate, that God would be his avenger. And uh, as I mentioned, I think yesterday or the day before, this passage is very parallel to Romans chapter 12. This letter is very parallel to Romans chapter 12. In Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 9, it says, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. God's type of revenge doesn't look like our type of revenge. When we think about revenge, we think about how can we do harm to the other person because of how they've harmed us. But God revenges by judging fairly. He does what's necessary for the situation and he sets things right. His revenge seeks to bring justice, not to bring harm. In fact, that's what he tells, that's what Paul tells the Romans to do when they want revenge, do good to others. Do good to the people that have hurt you, to your enemies. It tells us, it goes on to tell us that Jesus did this personally 
because he carried our sins. He personally leveled the playing field. He dealt with all of our sins, the people that were evil and the, those of us that think we're good, even though the reality is we, we all do evil things. He carried all of our sins on the cross so that we can be dead to sin, so that we don't keep seeking revenge, so that we don't keep retaliating for the suffering that we are undergoing when people sin against us, so that that sin is dead to us. Have you ever heard anybody say, you're dead to me? In other words, I'm not going to have anything to do with you ever again. I will not speak to you again. That is what we need to do with sin. I am not messing with you anymore. All of our selfishness, all of our self-protection, including things like defensiveness, blaming others, and even blaming ourselves. These kinds of sins are as bad uh, and equally bad to murder, lying, cheating, stealing, you name it. Um, the sins that we do against one another. But instead, we are to live for what is right. We are to live for what is right. It goes on then to tell us at the end of verse 24 that by his wounds we are healed. There's a couple references in here. There's one earlier on as well in verse 22 that reference Isaiah 53 that talks about Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And often when we look at Isaiah 53, we think of Jesus healing bodies. But in Isaiah 53, he's not just talking about healing body wounds or healing sicknesses or diseases. He's also talking about healing emotional wounds, soul wounds, things in the depth of our souls. Um, Jesus returned our evil to him with his good of not only dying for our sins, but of caring for us, healing our souls if we let him tells us that we used to be like sheep who wandered away from God, but by accepting his sacrifice, we've turned back to our shepherd, to the one who guards our everlasting souls and cares for them. Our souls are our inner life, our inner light. We don't have to fear suffering because we can trust his care of the most important part of what matters, no matter what. No matter what's happening to our temporal bodies, we can trust him to care for our, the everlasting part of us. He treats us like his sheep. He cares for us well. He guards our souls. So let me leave you with a couple of thoughts to ponder this morning. Have you allowed God to show you his care for your soul by giving it to him fully? Or do you just give him little bits and pieces when it's convenient? Will you trust him to redeem every circumstance and turn what was meant for evil around for his glory and for your good? It was good spending another week with you. I look forward to seeing you next week. Have a great weekend and God bless.